Hang out here long enough and you're bound to hear me talking about how important it is to do market research and user testing with the people that you serve, especially those from underrepresented and underserved communities. What you learn from doing so will help you better serve them and make them feel seen, supported, and like they belong with you. So in today's episode, episode number 100, woohoo! I couldn't think of anyone better to chat with more in detail on this topic than my beloved Tron, Santronia Smith. Tron is a market research executive who works with a lot of big brands to help them get the insights they need. During our discussion, we talked a lot about mindsets of some of these brands, best practices, how some are changing the way they do research with their focus on diversity and inclusion and how they're changing the industry. And of course, when you need to be talking to your customers in your marketing and where most brands struggle with that. We covered a lot and we had a fantastic time, a lot of fun, and I'm excited for you to join in on our chat. So after this short break, you'll hear my chat with Tron, where you'll get the insider view on how brands are evolving and where they should evolve to in their inclusive insights journey. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. Tron, 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 thank you so much for joining me today. I'm like giddy because we're finally getting a chance to chat again. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. All right. Well, I know who you are and I know how fantastic you are. Um, but before we get too deep into it, tell the people who are you and what do you do? Who am I and what do I do? So my name is Tron Smith. I am director of enterprise sales at Suzy, which is a real-time consumer insights platform. My role, I think, involves a couple of different things. The main thing is bringing in new logos, but the way that I do that is by understanding consumer behavior. And then I guide the logos, not the logos. I shouldn't be calling them logos now. I guide brands, <laughs> <laughs> guide the ops uh, <laughs> to, you know, making marketing strategies and decisions. So that's essentially what I do. Yeah. 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 I think the the key thing for me that you said is all about understanding consumer behavior. Yeah. And I think a lot of times that people try to understand consumer behavior in a vacuum. Like it's the consumer as a whole, as if the consumer is like one person. But um, even though like we want to talk to one person, we're also different. And the, what drives us to make decisions is v- quite varied. Yeah. So yeah, it's important for people to like, just kind of be exploring who is the consumer whenever we're talking about yeah, these insights. <laughs> it's interesting sometimes too when I'm when I'm talking to prospects or to clients like who they say their consumer is, right? Like yeah. it's like, oh, we know because we got we have all the data, right? And she's yeah. 34 and she's, you know, dot da and she's a fashionista and she's a blah 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 and and I'm like and that's it. And that's all you know. 
You've never done yeah. anything else to talk to them at all and find out anything other than those points you just gave me. So yes, she is those things. Yeah. But what about all those other things she is too, which is yeah. anxious, overworked, yeah, underpaid, right? Yeah. Un- unheard, all of those other things. So that's, that's, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's interesting because like a 34 year old fashionista can be, she could be white. She could be black. She could be Muslim. Yeah. She could be, she can be trans. All these other different things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. the things that surround her world and how she makes decisions and what makes her feel seen and like she belongs could be very different based upon all those identities we just mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have you been finding that brands are receptive to that message or that question from you of, hey, we need to do a better job of understanding more about who this 34 year old fashionista is and the different identities she can have? Yeah, I think that some are very open and receptive to having that conversation. And unfortunately, I think that there's also several that are like, no, we're going to continue to keep doing what we're doing because, you know, whether or not that consumer feels like they belong, that consumer is still buying whatever I'm selling, right? So yeah, why would we need to go any deeper? Like, why, why do we need to do that? But I do find that it's refreshing when brands do, when they want to actually like lean into this type of work. And I recently was working with a brand that... um super big like tech companies like social media app and they were doing idis and we were doing the recruiting for them and we sent them their pool of candidates and they stopped and they said so listen our marketing team will not accept any data that has more than 60 percent white females so you're gonna Right. And I, my heart opened at saying, yeah. it started to sit like, like, I could feel this, right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa. She's like, yeah, we, we don't. So you're going to have to re-recruit some folks, right? We can keep these four, but you're going to have right. to get like six other. And, and we were able to do it, right? Because we had right. the So it was super fast and we were able to pivot, which they loved. But she's like, and going forward, this is the ratios for all of our study. They don't, they don't even look at data. They, isn't that amazing? Like we're not going to even look at this data because it's all, because, because it's all the same voice. Right. And what we're trying to build over here is for everyone, right. All the different people. So we need to hear what they have to say too about, about this. And I was just like, this is wonderful. I love that this kind of company of this size of this reputation going, no, no, we're going to listen to everybody. Yeah. It's basically they're redefining what gin pop is. Like this is what the the population is looking like. So as we're going out and finding out more about them and developing a deeper degree of intimacy, the people that we're recruiting and asking needs to reflect the actual consumers that we've got. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So that that only happens though once in the blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we can get it moving forward um, to happen more more often. Right. All right. So I'm curious, in your opinion, 
what is the role of research in allowing brands to more effectively engage people from underrepresented and underserved communities? Yeah, um, I say this a lot. My my saying is is that diverse uh, diverse voices need diverse ears. I I also <laughs> say it like you know you you can't understand the data because you don't even understand why I'm saying what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that your, yeah. your data is, is going to be off. But I think it just, what the research allows folks to do is just dive into a little bit more of the cultural nuances, right? You know, it has to kind of go deeper than the surface level understanding because different cultures, traditions, values, Something that you say to me may mean something completely different than when you say it to my friend Lacey, right? Because yeah. of my culture, my tradition, my my values. So it just allows for like more depth into these audiences, which is really just going to make a more authentic campaign. Your messaging is going to be more refined and it's actually going to resonate with the audience that you want it to. Imagine that. Imagine that. Your message actually <laughs> resonating with the audience that you want it to resonate with. Wow. What a novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know what you said before about like you were saying like there are a lot of times brands are hesitant to change their yeah. approach and their research and their methodology because they're like, hey, I mean, these 34-year-old fashionistas, they're buying Right. Like, so we what we're doing, obviously, I'm saying this in quotes works, but maybe it works now because there aren't a ton of options. But like, let somebody come who is actually relevant and speak to them in their language and and they're going to be out the door. Right. Because they're going to go to the place that, you know fully gets them at that core level. So I think it's more of like, are you just kind of baiting your time until, you know, you're forced to do it whenever right. people find another option? Yeah. And it, and it's going to happen, right? It's it's eventually going to happen. I, I talk a lot about NASCAR and how, yeah. you know, they say that they want a different consumer base. They want a different audience. They, you know, we've banned this, we've taken these steps, but really how deep have you actually gone to understand the diverse consumer base? And yeah. when I think about folks that, and they'll say this themselves, like when I think about folks that are into NASCAR, right? Like, Unfortunately, there will come a time where they are no longer on the planet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then who is going to be the NASCAR fan, right? Who's going to be the NASCAR customer? But for right now, they still getting paid. They still getting paid. So we can do, you know, these little things and have the street race in Chicago and take Bubba Wallace to the Visable Museum. And that looks great in the Chicago Sun Times. Right. But did it effectively diversify your audience? Yeah. Did people even go to the race or did they just go to the picnic? I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> the cookout. They just went to the cookout. Yeah. And then and then that was it, right? So that's not what we're trying to do. If we're trying to have I feel like you taught me this. Like if you're trying to have a deeper connection to an audience. You need to get like right next to them, like all the time. Like uh, you need to walk with me everywhere I go. 
Yeah, you have to build an ongoing relationship with people. And that's how you really set that stage and that foundation for loyalty, that sense of belonging. Because it's not like, oh, I made you feel like you belong that one time and we're done. Right. It's an ongoing thing. So if we think about relationships with our friends, if we think about romantic relationships, those are things that really have to be nurtured on an ongoing basis. And because people grow and evolve. And like what you're saying, like, for a lot of brands, we, if we think about the generations, Gen Z is what the most diverse generation before anybody that's come before them. And they're entering the workforce. I believe they're like 21, 22% of the population. They think very differently than say boomers, um, a lot of Gen Xers, um, even millennials, right? And so if we're thinking about like the evolution of a brand that's going to be here the next 50 years, the next 100 years, we have to start thinking about the ways in which consumers are changing. So are we going to stick with only what works for a certain group that's worked for the past 50 years? Or are we going to evolve and change based upon the way in which the generations in society are changing along with them? All right, so I want to see what your thoughts are on testing out these different types of experiences. So like you said, there are sometimes brands are like, all right, we've got an insight that we can reach a community this way by having a cookout or we're going to work with this influencer. Is there a way to test or gauge one, is this particular execution or tactic going to work with them or is it going to be received well? as well as how did this change, I guess, the sentiment of this community with the brand over time? Is that something that they should be thinking about doing? Yeah, I think that they should be. And I'm working with, it's funny that you mentioned influencer because I feel like that's normally the first kind of way that they start to go, right? Is Because yeah. one, influencers are very like impactful right now. But also, like, it's kind of the easiest way to go. But I feel like there definitely should be some testing. So right now, again, I'm working with a spirits brand that's looking at bringing on a new influencer in 2024. So the first thing we're going to do is a monadic test on all the different influencers that you have that you want to kind of be a part of this brand and get some feedback that way from the target audience specifically, right? And then kind of from that list, bring them into some focus groups and talk about why it makes sense for Idris Elba. I'm just saying that because I love him. Yeah. But- <laughs> yes. It'd be great to see Idris. He can be on everything, okay? So, you know, and why that makes sense. And then from there, right? So now we can kind of, once we pull out those insights, then they just kind of move move the partnership down the funnel, right? So then, again, every step of the walk, right? What does the message look like? What does the campaign look like? What channels should it be on, right? How, where should it be in the store? How much should it cost? Whatever, whatever it is, yeah. right? All the way yeah. down from like ideation until it's commercialization. That's how I feel like it should go. But I think they do a one-click pulse check, and that's unfortunately probably 
not even the correct target audience that they do the post check on. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how you feel about this. I hear all the time that diversity research is expensive and it's hard to do because they can't find the audience and panel companies don't have them. And I've heard this from like a super big food and beverage company that has all the money to put into the research and was like, we couldn't even find a good focus group of folks. Like, wow. Uh, So I think that's a cop out because I mean, it's not like the communities don't exist. They're out there. It's just you. I think that a lot of times people use the same methods that they've always used to attract a more gin pop type of community and if they use the same methodology to attract other communities and it doesn't work they just say it's not they're not out there where it's you really have to have a degree of intelligence and that goes back to that relationship building that we were talking about before to understand yeah. This is how you engage this community. This is how you find them. Because it's not like they don't want to give their opinion. They want to be involved in the process. It's just a matter of figuring out how do you get to the place to where you know these people are if that you want to speak to and go from there. Yeah, you got to get your face in this space. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's say, for instance, you wanted to talk to Black consumers. I mean, wouldn't it make sense that you would go to like an HBCU or you would go to like the Black MBA conference or you would go to the Essence? Like there are a a mountain of people who were there, like fish where the fish are. And I think that that's where a lot of people, they don't necessarily take the time to think about even their recruitment process of finding people have you done the due diligence to make sure that you've got a sufficient relationships of knowing where people are so that even whenever you're coming yeah. and asking them, them that they even want to talk to you? Exactly. And you do that over time. That relationship equity, like we were saying, it's like, again, every step I'm going, oh, here you are again? Okay. Yeah. All right. I yeah. see you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I was working on a project for a client um, and we were working to reach people who were part of the sickle cell community. So whenever I first started working with them, I didn't have any relationships or anything like that. And then we did a phase two of the project later on and I was the one responsible for recruiting in this aspect of it. But by now I had already sort of built up some relationships. I was able to go and reach out to people directly and was able to find them because I went where the people already were and had those connections in existence that were maintained over time. And a very small community, it, it didn't have to, it didn't take a ton of resources to be able to find people from that area. And so it's just yeah. a matter of like, are you using methodology that is going to yield you results? Or are you just assuming that there's only one way to do it? And there's not. There's right. never just one way to do oh. anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you on that one. Yeah. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Or could it be Don? Or John? Or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. 
Well, with the server solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs in a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. All right. So I think that probably poses part some of the issue if people aren't like that initial brand that you were talking about in the beginning, They are ex- their expectation is that they will have a diversity of their respondents, whereas other people are like, oh, we can't find them. So we're just going to keep, you know, going on. Right. That changes your results and the impact. And I love how you were talking about, like, it needs to be something that's iterative. Because I do find that sometimes whenever I'm looking at different campaigns, it feels like it's based upon a very stereotypical, superficial insight about a particular community um, that yeah. doesn't have sufficient depth to it. So it almost yeah. feels like we we read a research report about Latinos. We read a research report about, you know, people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. And so we're going to go through and we're going to create campaigns and executions and products that fit this narrative based upon this research, but doesn't necessarily actually include an evolved, a nuanced and intersectional voice that really accounts for that community as a whole. Yeah. And I think that goes back to kind of what I was saying a little bit earlier, where they just, it's like, you've done this little one phase and this is, this is it, right? We're going to go off of this. I don't have to tell you about, you know, we've talked about Aunt Jemima and Pearl Milling and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> like the brand, then the rebrand flop. It's like that, that is what I'm saying. It's like you, it lacks cultural sense, uh, like sensitivity. Um, it's not really a comprehensive understanding of the target, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's like, um, okay, we've done this little thing, and then this this should be the what we could do going forward. And that's not, and clearly that wasn't enough. And that's why they had you know that debacle after they even changed the name. Like, it's, yeah, are you actively listening? Are you listening to the communities? Because if you are, then that's when you know the campaigns perform well. I feel like Puma just did a really great like hip hop and fifty like Puma, like celebrating. And it was absolutely like so cool, authentic. You know, it was effortless in who they were trying to talk to and who they were trying to reach. So I knew, I knew who the target was. It was me. And I felt it, right? I was like, y'all did that for me. And I appreciate that, right? Yeah. Um, But then we have like, I feel like two years ago, we had, you know, we're in Black History Month right now. Now that I mentioned it. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we had Bath and Body Works putting Kente cloth on cucumber melon candle. Yeah, yeah. I I know cucumber melon when I see it. You know, yeah. smell it, you're going to put a Kente cloth on that. Yeah. And interesting, 
actually, I actually went into Bath and Body Works a couple weeks ago, and they have a new campaign, which is actually called Everyone Belongs. And they actually had folks of color, people of color that actually made a couple cents for them. And they were selling, you know, their candles and that of such. It was nice. only two, but I felt like it was good. Yeah, I felt like it was great. Um, it's, it was, it's a, it's I a progress. It when, it's a progress, right? It's a, it's a, it's slow walking. We go slow walk them. That's what we call it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they did more research. They definitely did research around the name of the campaign, right? Like Mm -hmm. everyone belongs and and everyone deserves a place where they feel safe and where they feel respected and valued. And so they listened to Twitter or whatever else they listened to. Yeah. And I feel like they did a a good job this year. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, And I I love that because I think some people sometimes are so afraid to make mistakes and so that they don't actually start. So here's a brand that did something. It didn't go over so well. They listened and then now they were able to make progress and do better. And I, I think that's the important thing. You said something earlier that made my ears perk up because it was about it was about ears, right? You were saying diverse voices need diverse ears. And mm-hmm. it sounds like with this Puma campaign that there were definitely some diverse ears that were associated with it that made it so they were to deliver something that was super authentic. Can you just talk about that concept a little bit more? Diverse voices need diverse ears. Because I want to make sure that people really latch on to that and get it and how the yeah. how that impacts the campaign ultimately at the end. Yeah, for sure. I think you're you're correct. I can tell when there's diverse people involved in the project. Because again, it seems effortless the way that yeah. you are communicating with me. It's it's genuine and, and it's authentic, right? So diverse voices need diverse ears. So I, I what I think that that means or what I like to say that means, and we I think you and I have talked about this a lot too, is like who is actually analyzing the data? We need diverse folks from survey design, right? Mm-hmm. Is how you're going to ask me in a way that I'm going to understand it, right? Yeah. In a way that's going to make me want to answer it. Number yeah. Two, number two, right? Um, we need them on both sides of the glass, I say, right? My friend Kai likes to say that. So not just in the focus group, but behind the glass and actually mm-hmm. like doing the moderating of these focus groups. Because again, mm-hmm. If you don't even understand why I'm saying what I'm saying and how I'm saying it, what you are about to do next is wrong. <laughs> That's just period. Yeah. <laughs> That's just for anything in life. If my manager tells me to do something and I don't understand why or what he's telling me to do, the next thing I'm going to do is wrong. That's just, yeah. it. That's just it, right? So yeah. I, I think... That and another one I really love that's happening is like there's in Arizona is Fries. Fries, who owns Fries? I don't know if it's Albertsons, but whatever, whoever Fries is. But they have some really inclusive like commercials. They're all like claymation, but everybody in the commercial is like a different group. Diversity yeah. is definitely prevalent there. They have. They're using like cool songs, right? Like, like you know, hip hop songs. <laughs> and, yeah. And, right? Like, 
Whoop, there it is, or whatever Yay! song it is, right? And I, I'm like, yo, Fries is going crazy with these, with these commercials, but um, it just, it just feels different. And I think that's what everyone wants is to be, for someone to feel you. You feel me, you get me, you see me, right? Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine um, over the weekend sent me an article. I believe it was like Barbie for part of their Black History Month campaign did a collaboration with Cross Colors. And I was just like, oh my gosh. It took me immediately back to junior high with my yellow long cross color shorts. And I had a pair of red ones. And I just remember like I was immediately there and even though I didn't have all the full details about the campaign, I was just like, oh, they got like they got it because it was just so much a part of the culture and for a very specific group of people at a very specific point in time. And it's it definitely felt right. like history. So, yeah, I think that's not something like if you aren't embedded in the culture, you aren't going to know like this is a brand that means something to this. This is, this is going to make people feel a certain way that will let them know that you get them um, and you see them and you understand them. So yeah, having those diverse ears make a big difference in all phases of doing whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. And also it feels like it's like we're co-creating, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're doing this together from start to finish. And then getting input from these communities, it's just, again, it's going to be more authentic. It's going to resonate better because we're co-creating this together. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I want to switch gears slightly a little bit as we wrap up. I'm curious if you have an experience um, that you can share about a time where a brand made you feel like you belonged. (laughs) I think... The ones that we've kind of already been talking about, right? I, I love the new switch up with Bath and Body Works. I felt like that Puma campaign was very good. Um, I am an, an influencer person. So <laughs> I like when brands, yeah, I know. I was just talking about that too. Like, I, I like when brands partner. So Barilla has a partnership with Coco Golf that I am obsessed Ooh, with. Like I, I okay. know, I know it's fantastic. It's and I feel like it's based. It might be around gluten free too. I'm I, keep me honest, but I'm not sure. But I feel like it's also like a gluten free pasta kind of I thing. I will go. I will but go investigate. I, <laughs> please do. I'm super impressed with that campaign. I think she is next generation. I think she supersedes anything and everything like everything about her right now I feel like is like a great and just a pasta right just it's just a pasta but I feel like it's just a great partnership and I really love that one um you know any these fries campaigns have been really good I really appreciate them I love what Tabitha Brown is doing with Target. Uh, what Tabitha Brown is just doing all across the industry is absolutely fantastic. Um, and I'm loving that McCormick's has a space for her. Target has a space for her. Like she's just, she's just really breaking down a lot of, of barriers. And I'm, I'm super impressed with that. I do like this new kind of inclusive um, space that Pinterest is is putting on the app and like going and searching on their app and now seeing things that say for my skin tone. Yeah. Absolutely outside of the box, right? Or for, I can look up, you know, ponytail 
and it will populate for black women. Like, stop that because that's a different ponytail. That's a yeah. different ponytail. Yeah. And it's great that Pinterest knows that that's a different ponytail, right? So, like, I think those kinds of things are, are what is really exciting me right now, you know, about the direction that brands are going and, tr- and trying to be more inclusive. And again, everyone at where a space where like everyone belongs. And I think if we get more people just with this mindset that diversity is an opportunity, it's an mm-hmm. opportunity to listen and to create meaningful connections. It's not just a checkbox because we know when it's a checkbox, y'all. We do. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we know every time. So I, I think that, you know, we'll be headed in the right direction. For sure. And where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your work? Oh, my goodness. Where can they find me? They can find me on LinkedIn. I think I am Santronia Smith. Also, Tron at Suzy.com. Super easy, you know, if you want to shoot me over an email. But I just also, too, like talking to you because you're my first person I ever talked to in research about research ever when I didn't (laughs) even know what a monadic test was or or a max diff or anything of that nature and so I just anytime I can get a chance to talk to you I feel like you you always elevate me I've already wrote down things that I need to start incorporating into my actual talk track When I'm, when I'm talking to these brands. So like, thank you just for inviting me and, and, and having me to talk to you. Oh, the pleasure has been all mine. It's been so wonderful to see your evolution and your growth. And you are like dominating in the space. And I love to see it. We need more. We need more Tron. And we need more of the types of things that you're doing. So, so, so glad. Any parting words of wisdom for marketers and business leaders who do want to do a better job of making sure that they are getting the voice of a broader diversity of consumer so they can be more authentic and effective in their marketing? Yeah. um, Again, so like you said, I feel like if you want to do it, you have to do it. So you have to commit to actually wanting to have the conversation and you have to be willing to go deeper than just kind of some surface level stuff. Again, like we're we're walking and co-creating and like making this together. So you should be bringing the voice of the consumer and especially these consumers into every step of the decision-making process. I don't know why it's not happening more. I just don't know why it's not happening more often. Um, And if you don't know how to do that, then you need to ask for help and reach out to people like Sonia, like myself, like Sequoia, like, like, you know, all Pepper Miller. There's people, like you said, that you can talk to, to get some ideas on how to even just get started you know, I, I think that that would be a, a good first step for anybody that's trying to, to be a little bit more open with their campaigns. Yeah. Thank you, Tron. This has been fantastic. So glad we had the chance to catch up and looking forward to chatting again soon. Yes, I can't wait. Thank you so much, Sonia, for having me. Man, Tron had so many wonderful insights to share, and I hope you enjoyed that discussion as much as I did. The thing that really sticks out in my mind is that one brand that she talked about who are saying, Miss Lynn, our marketing team will not accept less than this degree of diversity in the respondents that you are sending back. And I just think 
that it's a wonderful thing showcasing just that inclusive marketing is a future and the future is here. I'm curious to know, what was your most interesting takeaway from this conversation? Definitely let me know. And if you like this chat, I would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review for the show in your podcast player of choice. It really does go a long way towards helping more people discover the show. Once you've left that rating and review, go ahead and share the show with your friends, colleagues, and your network. I like to think that it helps more people practice inclusion in their marketing and help more people feel like they belong. Quick question for you. Are you getting the inclusion and marketing newsletter? Like really, if you're not, what are you even doing? Each week, I send news, tips, insights, stories, and all kinds of good stuff to help you build an inclusive brand that attracts and retains a diverse customer base, all while helping you grow your business. Go to inclusionandmarketing.com slash newsletter to get signed up. I'll drop a link to that in the show notes for you so you can get access to it easily. Until next time, remember, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.